Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. This is going to be episode 23. This is your co-host, Rob White, Fight for Texas Aggie Class 2014. I guess that makes me a co-host. Yes. All right. Fair enough. We're co-hosts. Yeah. He's kind of the host. I'm just the loudmouth. But fair enough. This is Fight for <laughs> Texas Aggie Class 2015, Roy May. Uh, man, it is Monday evening. And I am buzzing, coming off three points from West Ham, Woo! winning. Not that any of y'all give a damn about Premier League, yeah, well. but uh, we have just moved up to fifth in the table. And again, uh, Rob and I enjoy the Premier League a lot of it because of the uh, relegation thing. We've heard us talk about it before. Sure, yeah. we are <clears throat> really clear of relegation. <laughs> well, th- that's good that you're clear of relegation. We're not clear of VAR zone right now. That thing yeah. keeps screwing everybody up, man. Premier League's just dumb. And when I when I <laughs> So, so I'll watch matches, and obviously half of it is me just trying to figure out you know, what the announcers are talking about because the slang is different. Right. And then uh, every once in a while when I have when I have uh, the opportunity, like today, West Ham Fan TV, uh, they're a kind of online presence, uh, West Ham guy, blogger, or vlogger, whatever you call them. Sure. Um, they do a watch-along. So I probably learned more from them in a match than I've learned about the sport in you know any other time. So, uh, But then I also have to keep up with their – um, slang, <laughs> right? But Which is uh, very different. But when guys who who literally grew up with the sport don't understand the rule, it, it, I was reminded of uh, like I mean I grew up around football. Like football, literally, I had my some of my earliest sports memories were football, mm-hmm. and I still through the years and as rules change, I, I try and look at the rules and see how they're implemented, how they're changed in football. And that's fine. Things are going to change. And I get that. Like for instance, they decided to go with face masks a long time ago. Sure. All right, rules are going to change. So again, like targeting. So you have to figure out, all right, yeah. so targeting's a new thing, which to an extent makes sense. I mean, we do know a lot more about head injuries. So I try and figure out the targeting rule, but yet every time I watch a game and there's targeting, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, though they, it feels like the, I, the qualifications for what qualifies as targeting change I, every I, five seconds. And, and, I, well, and my thing is I understand that when it's called on the field that it's at full speed and you know, the officials are going to make the call that they see, and I get that. But then you had the review, which... Absolutely, especially with something like targeting, where you're going to have, they're <clears throat> uh, like penalties, um, you know, in in in, uh, in in Premier League. Sure. You know, you've got to make sure you get it right, so they go to the review, right? Right. And but what always is is a fascinating to me, and it's it's literally the same thing. As mad as you are about targeting, is as mad as Premier League fans are about VAR. Mm-hmm. Um, it it doesn't seem like it's applied the same way, even when it's reviewed on video. Well, and I think when you look at targeting as a rule, I think you can apply it similarly to how it is applied in the NFL, where it's not necessarily an immediate ejection so much as it is just like any other personal foul. And you just say, hey, you know, that's your that's one personal foul for you. If you get another one, you're gone. But, you know, like make it like a yellow card, red card situation. Well, right, but, but what I'm right. saying is, is is there doesn't like there doesn't seem to be any sort of rhyme or reason once they actually video review it, which means they're watching it the same as you are on television. Right. Slow motion from as many angles as the cameras will provide, and yet more often than not you're baffled by the decision that comes from the review booth. Yeah, it, it, and needless to say, as we've gone through with all the targeting issues we've had. We've seen targeting come from so many different angles. If you know the name Donovan Wilson, bro, you know targeting. <laughs> Donovan. You know everything that targeting is. And if and actually, if you're Donovan Wilson, targeting is everything. Everything is targeting if you're Donovan Wilson Donovan in, in, in college. Yeah. And we were talking about, oh, God. Dono, man, what a great player. He was a great player. We were talking he about. still is. Love seeing him play for the yeah. Cowboys. Well, who is it? Howard that used to play back in 2014? Uh, 
poor guy got trucked by Leonard Fournette and his, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. gosh. He was he was a targeting machine I, I, too. I feel like I intentionally forgot about him just because I felt bad about how bad he got trucked. Yeah, but yeah, I know exactly. But, you know who I'm talking about. But like long long gone are the days of Chuck Cecil. Long gone are the days of Quentin Corriott, the dude coming across him. Like honestly, today's game, uh, if the if the hit, you know, as Aggies know it, if the hit occurred, Quentin Corriott may literally face three to six months in prison. <laughs> You're like, not wrong. I mean, it was absolute destruction, that hit. So was. the game has changed, but it's because we know that people's brains are getting scrambled and so it's it's good that it's changing i just don't understand like i i understand a discrepancy of a call on the field i don't understand the discrepancy in the review right so and that's that's my complaint we're not we're not sorry to go down that road var and targeting are two of my biggest pet peeves on the planet because I still don't know what they are. And they are so relevant to the sports that we enjoy so that's the problem they have a massive impact they do I mean, you're talking about Target in the first half, you're out the rest of the game. Yeah. During the second half, you miss the first half of the next game. God's like, come on, bro. Yeah, and that hurts. That really does hurt your team, and it hurts your chances of being able to win a game, especially if you're one of these key defensive players that gets called for it. Right. Like, if you're that five-star, like, dude, like the honey badger, man. Yeah. When he's on the field, he makes the defense better. And I know he only plays one position. Uh-huh. It's a team sport. But when everybody in their own position that make up a defensive squad or team are really, really good, then you have this one superstar. Right. When he's gone, it it makes a difference. There's a whole, It doesn't matter that you're going to bring somebody else in. Uh, it's, it, you know. And, well, and that's what's disturbing about Premier League is you're talking about a red card. Nobody can substitute the guy. Right. But, but you have to trust me. If you don't watch Premier League, it's equally as frustrating as seeing this garbage. It really is. And something that we've unfortunately had to see plenty of. Um, but yeah, it's been a very fun week of, you know, finally getting back into football. Dude, the long Thanksgiving weekend. It was great. Like, you know, there's, there was football starting on Thursday. It might've been Maxion on Tuesday and Wednesday. Who knows? Right. I'll give the Mac this. They know how to pull eyes on a night where nobody watches football. It's incredible. And, and it's like, it's almost become a bit of a punchline. Like it's Maxion night, baby. Like everybody's going to watch the Mac cause it's Tuesday or Wednesday night. But you know what? I watch Everybody watches the Mac cause it's football. I watch them. Like, it's football. Like they're getting my ratings. I'll turn it on and I probably don't even pay attention to the game, but it's football. So I'll put it on the background. Right. And you know, I think if they do provide a, it's not going to be the best quality football, but it's like watching XFL. It's like watching one of it's those a segue. It's, it's a, a segue, segue between, yeah. you know, your Saturdays. Or your Sundays, you know, if you're a massive NFL guy. Right. You know, it, it, it holds you over, and it's still college football. It is. But it's so the a passion and yeah. all that other stuff. And, yeah. And, and the max the max talent level is equal relative to the MAC. I, I, I can't say that I do a lot of analysis on the MAC, but I would be <laughs> no. willing to assume that there's a decent amount of parity. So the games tend to be exciting. Well, they no, tend to be really high scoring. Well, they'd be high scoring. You've got fun plays. You've got fun trick plays. I mean, for the love of God, what was the game a few weeks ago? Where you had it was central, yeah, it was central Michigan, and the, they pulled off a fake spike and threw it for a touchdown to win the, the game. The Chippewas. Yeah, well, it was no, it was the Bronx. Oh no, central Michigan. Oh, yeah, yeah. the Chippewas. That's uh, oh no, that's no. I'm thinking Western Michigan is the is Western the, Michigan is the Bronx. Broncos. Central Michigan is the Chippewas. Is, yeah, they're the Chippewas. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you had it right, but but it but it's it's exciting and yeah. you know what's the old adage defense wins championships right right you know what offense does it puts butts in the seat mm. and if that seat is your couch because you turned it on because it's football like you watch the mac you don't really, honestly there there i get it there's some mac fans out there they're kids that play in the mac and they yeah they and they're student athletes like every single one of them they put in the time they work their butts off but 
the quality of football, like the Mac isn't going to end up in the playoffs anytime soon. All right. No. But so, you know what? It's football. There's parody. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. And it put you in your seat and ratings wise, you know, they're getting those ratings. Right. And so it's, look, football is just fun. <laughs> football is fun. I, I will uh, now, would you turn? Would you tune into the Mac if all of them played the triple option? Hell no. No, but they're high flying offenses. It's like Big Twelve light, you know. Speak, speaking of triple option, yeah. Next week is beat Navy week, but we'll get into that. Yeah, we will. Next we week. will get into that. Next I'm excited. Week. But I, I do want to jump in on a little bit of college football and highlight some games that did take place because. You know, it was rivalry week. There was a lot of craziness that did happen. Well, let's 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 start this off with one before we even have to bother with this. Right. Notre Dame, North Carolina. Right. Mac Brown gets a lot more credit for a program that's really not that good. Mm-hmm. Their losses were to uh, Virginia and what BC or something like that. Yeah. So, so it's not like UNC is this great team. Everybody's rooting for UNC, and and honestly, if you're not a Notre Dame fan, then you don't like Notre Dame. That tends to be how it is in college football. They're right. a very polar program. So everybody was rooting for North Carolina and all this other crap. Um, there was just no way. It just it wasn't going to happen. All right. No. Notre Dame is a legitimate team, and North Carolina is not very good. It just despite their record, they're actually not very good. All right. Their losses are atrocious. Yeah. No. The teams they lost to were not good, but they did put up a good fight against a good Notre Dame team. Right. But Notre Dame covered. It's amazing how. And Vegas continues to be right, and we continue to pay their light bills. That's how that works. <laughs> yeah. well, and you know, but I wanted to get that game out of the way. Yeah, like, there's not much time. Look, Notre Dame's a good football team. Yeah, obviously, even without Trevor Lawrence, Clemson is still a good football team. So for them to beat them, even in overtime, means Notre Dame can play football. Can we say a nice little thank you to Oregon State for yes. effectively eliminating the Pac-12 yes. from the playoffs? Yes, thank you. Uh, I will. Uh, the Beavers will be on my Christmas card list this year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you had 15 Oregon who, let's face it, even if they went undefeated, people were going to have a hard time putting them in. But there's yeah. still a thought that they could. Exactly. Like, what if after this game they have, what, maybe two, three more games, but they win by 50 every game? Yeah. And you're like, well, it's a Pac-12, but good Lord, they're winning by 50. So there's that little thought in the back of the committee's mind that now nah, maybe the Pac-12's got to be included. And that's Bro, that's away. done. It's that's gone. done. Thank God. Pac-12, although we already we thought they were already out of it, they are Effective. out of it. They, they are, they're effectively done, done relative to the playoffs. Um, it'll probably still be Oregon rel, uh, going to like a New Year Six. Right. You know, they'll, and, yeah, they'll and, play whatever. And that'll be a real interesting measuring stick. Fiesta Bowl. Uh, right, but it'll be interesting measuring stick who they get paired up against and how they play. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, you didn't get any of those other games. Season of opt-outs, don't make the playoffs. Yeah. What what if Cincinnati gets Oregon and just takes him to the woodshed because Oregon had like two or three dudes opt out? Cincinnati's like, bro, we're gonna finish as best we can in the history of our program. Go for which it, which I love. Yeah, make it happen. Yeah, that's the crazy part about a lot of these a lot of these New Year Six games this year because you're gonna see the you know those bowl selection committees L- actually L- look L- here. Yeah, they'll <laughs> they will look at those mid majors that went undefeated. They're going to look at BYU. They're going to look at Cincinnati. They're going to look at, hell, they hit. Yeah, I don't think they'll look at Liberty, but Coastal Carolina even. Coastal Carolina, if they stay in their trajectory, depending on what happens, yeah. you're talking about you have four teams in the playoffs, then yeah. you have the New Year's Six. Yeah. They could legitimately get in. You want to talk about the opponent you do not want to play at a New Year's Six Bowl. No. Because, no. oh, my God, they will just hair on fire, mm-hmm. 100 miles an hour. 
Yeah. So it. What's interesting, obviously, the playoff picture is interesting. It is. But if you look at the New Year's Six picture relative to the teams that are never there, man, it could be a really, really fun bowl season. Yeah. And what's going to be interesting is the Gator Bowl or the Outback Bowl is going to have to. Fi- Gonna have to bring somebody other than Michigan, right? Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. Other than Michigan, other you can't than, default to Michigan this year. Yeah, no, no Penn State. Sorry about them. You know they're they're trash. Oh, but God. God, want to talk about just a crap game? You know, if the Pinstripe Bowl was smart, they'd go back, they'd reopen it, have the Pinstripe Bowl just to get the TV revenue, huh? no people in the stands, and just let Michigan and Penn State play again. Again, you know what? Put yeah. Michigan State on the field. Have a have some sort of way where you can have like just a round robin, crappy, shitty game, and and people will watch it. Play seven on seven tourney. Grab another crappy Big Twelve or uh, Big Ten team. Oh, yeah. I'll grab a Big Twelve team. Grab a the know, Big Ten Big Twelve shootout. Have fun. Yeah, it go might play, be go, as many points as the basketball games. Go play. Have have a good time, kids. So shit. That's they so, are so shit. It's bad, and you know I think you look at a lot of the games. I mean, there was. I mean, speaking of Big Twelve. Texas is out of the conversation for the championship now. Iowa State won that well, thing. Well, now they're absolutely out. They're I think out. they were out for a while. But and now you've got Co- they got Cosme, um, a team captain, opting out. Yeah. And i got to be honest, at this point in the season, coming off a loss that meant you weren't going to the championship really looks like you're quitting. Right. And, and then Kerstetter, uh, I believe their center, mm-hmm. he's hurt. So they could have two of their starting five out. Right. Um, Keontae Ingram's hurt, so I don't know if he's going to play or not. I think, like, I think it's going to be interesting to I see think, what happens. I, I think Kansas State's going to end up beating Texas. And I yeah. think And I think Kansas and Texas – I think Texas will refuse to play or will want to find a reason to not play Kansas. And I really feel like Kansas wants to play in that situation. Winless Kansas right now. Winless Kansas gets Texas for the last game of the year. And – if there's any is that one in thing, Lawrence, I don't even. know. It is in Lawrence. Dude, so for the got love to. of you got, God, you got to play that game. Like you've got to put yes. Texas officials like on the mic, on the spot. Be like, well, they didn't want to play us. I mean, we want to play. They're just making up excuses at this point. So you've got to look at that as like, and we all know Les Miles is a complete whack wagon. Yeah, you like, know, it's it's a it's a gonna be a crapshoot the last two games. With I mean, literally, Texas has to hit the road for two games. In Kansas. Kansas State in Kansas. And, and this is like hit the road, Jack, but please come back with two losses. Please. Because uh, well, how I, incredible I, would it be? Well, Kansas State isn't very good, but you're talking about some legitimate injuries. You're also talking about, uh, well, injuries and opt-outs, excuse me. Mm-hmm. You're also talking about a Texas team that just, they're done. They've packed it in. They have no motivations they've, whatsoever. They've, they've packed it in. K-State uh, is a prideful program because they're never really on top, no. but they play for wins. K-State's a prideful program, and that's something that Bill Snyder instilled in that program that will last forever. Yeah, and there's something else to be said that, you know, I think one thing, if anything you're going to see from Texas, at least from Tom Herman's thought process, is he wants to finish strong. But because, you know, you know the conversation right now is that he is gone. If you've talked to anybody in that fan base, they want him out. Well, you talk to anybody in that fan base, they're already drawn up the contract for Urban Meyer. Which, so. you know, let's go ahead and go. Yeah, we don't just, you know, we, that. why are we losing to the Iowa States and TCUs of the world? You know why? Because they're the better program right well, now. See, Iowa Get State's over yourself. Better. Get I mean, over yourself. I mean, Matt Campbell. We should never lose to the Iowa States of the world. Okay. Okay, me, well, what about the Iowa State? Matt Campbell. <laughs> 
is a fantastic coach and has done a great job building that program. Apparently a little bit of a weirdo. He is. But it fits for him. But it works. It fits for what Iowa State is. If I'm Matt Campbell, I'm never leaving Iowa State. I wouldn't. Because here's the thing. He's got it going a little. He's He's got got it going. going, And honestly, let's go ahead and look at what the Big 12 is. The Big 12 is a conference (laughs) where... Well, I already flushed that down the toilet. Well, we already flushed it down the toilet. It's fine. But you look at the Big 12. Yeah, I took a Big 12 earlier today. You know, you you got (laughs) Iowa State, who is, you know, a program that has been building up last few years. They've never been... Slowly but upward. Uh, slowly but upward. And you see that. I went up to Ames last year for the Texas game when they won that thing off a walk-off field goal. It was awesome. You want to talk about a really cool environment? Go to Ames in November. It's cold, it's miserable, and everybody's drunk off their ass. It's a great environment to watch a football game. Can we do a warm, nice, and drunk off their ass? Because I don't... Maybe we could... Move the Texas game up to the beginning of the year. Maybe I'd go watch. Well, see, it was. I will say, it's just it does provide that extra factor when you go there because Texas players aren't used to that uh, level of cold. Uh, the the middle of the country cold is just. I was Tor- not, tornado alley winters. I was not ready for that no when thanks. I went. It was miserably cold, and the worst part is my buddy Travis. Love you, dude. Uh, I was having to roll his butt around in a wheelchair. Because he had broken his ankle earlier in the year, so I'm literally on rolling. Ice? Please tell me, because it was like I was rolling his ass all I, over that stage. I, I don't know him, but I would guess it was either because he slipped on ice or there was a tractor incident. So he, well, he <laughs> it's not farming and it's not ice. Then I don't know. <laughs> he slipped, so he slipped walking out of the stadium, uh, like early. Like I think it was against like the Iowa game. He was drunk and like fell off a curb and broke. Well, and, and another big ro- in state yeah, rivalry. Yeah, big yeah. in state rivalry. Oh, they still play. Amazing. Yeah, not the whole huh. thought, you know. We, we can get into that at some point. But, you know, hey, you know what? Iowa State, Texas, great win for Iowa State. Puts them in real good position to clinch. I I will watch. Uh, I mean, I assuming there's no hiccup between uh-huh. now and then because I believe there's still one more shot at screwing this up. Yeah, it's like it's like one out of nine scenarios where they don't make it right now. Right. So, but if it's Iowa State versus OU, you see Iowa State a bit of on a run right now, right? Right. They've already beat OU. Yes. And again, Thank God for the Big 12 that just thinks that once you win, you have to play number two team again. Again. Which is so doo-doo. But I, that, that should be a fun game to watch. It I, will it be might, a fun It'll game be to watch. one of the few Big 12 championship games I've watched since 98. Hell, and you know, if I wasn't doing other things, hell, I'd run up to Arlington to go watch it. Because it would no, be, no, 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 watch I would do it. It would be a lot of fun. I won't give the Big 12 my revenue. I already did. At least <laughs> <laughs> Too late. But, well. but, you know, like I said, that was a good one. Uh, and Nebraska is a dead program. They lost to Iowa, which we kind of knew was going to happen. Oh, and, oh it's hold a dead on. program. Nebraska, Scott bringing Scott Frost home, right? Oh, yeah. So He's going to save the program. If, if I could root for one hire, because Michigan already did it to themselves, bringing somebody home and rooting right. the program. I, I, I really think that uh, – one of the universities of Texas, not the university, but one that happens one to be in Austin, they should really take a good long look at Major Applewhite to make sure that he's not the right pick to come home and save the program. That Huge fan, be... rooting for Major Applewhite, open the Brinks truck, pay Major to come home. You know, I think would he's, be... he's not a good coach. Please you, hire. Do you know, I think would be the ultimate irony at this point. Keeping Tom. No. He's hiring Major and him bringing Tom on as OC? Two, two words. Will Muschamp finally comes home. He, he, is, <laughs> he has been in waiting status for a He's been Forever. circling the airport for a long time. I want that so bad. I want him to come back. Let's talk reality coaches, though. Yeah. Harbaugh is obviously going to Tuscaloosa to be an analyst. 
Yeah, because he, right? he, he's yeah he's out of Michigan. There's Herman no is either going group of five or uh, offensive, like maybe co-OC uh, power five. I could see that, like a All lower right. power five. Sure. Um, Derek Mason, hopefully, is coming to College Station. Here's the thing. If Elko takes off, I'm 100% cool with... I don't think Elko's taking off, but you can never have too many smart people in the room. There's not. And I get that Vandy hasn't been great, but Derek Mason didn't... Like, he didn't cut his teeth as, off, like, as, a, as a, a head coach. No, he's, he's, he's a, a defensive guy. He's a great all, DC. And, and, and one, one extra set of eyes on film... Like, dude, we're just talking about prepping and making sure we're good and yeah. finding everything. I'd be okay. And, I mean, and, I'd be okay to serve as a Kubiak role whenever he was analyzing for the program. Well, so, that? And sometimes I feel like Derek Mason has good, like good to, you know, you know, above average game plans. He just doesn't have the personnel. To he execute. doesn't have the talent, you know, and that's. that's I think the quarterback, unfortunately, seals the the kid of Vandy. Yeah. I think he can be good. But again, he's a fish. Yes, he's a fish. So you got to give him time, you know, because not every freshman's going to hit the field the first time with no talent around him and do well. They're just yeah. not going. He makes to. bad throws. He's pressured because the problem. Uh, one of his biggest problems is right. the talent literally right around him. His offensive linemen also aren't good. Right. I think the Iron Bowl went the way we thought it would. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, that spread was twenty four and a half, and I was like, "Yep, Bama yeah, covered." And <laughs> a big shocker, Alabama rolled that game. You know, it looked a little iffy. Early, but it never was in doubt after if, that. If you ever, if you if you've never seen Funny Maine, M A Y N E, Funny Maine, uh, he he does this. He's a big Bama guy. He's real funny. He uh, is. And he does videos, kind of like SCT Shorts. Uh, he does videos, and every week he does how Bama fans watched you know the games this weekend. Yeah. And uh, it, it, I I literally have that video on alert because he's funny. Um, he's very funny. But uh, him talking about Bama and Auburn and and uh, this week he like. Our score flashed up. The only thing he had to say was just laughing. Like he didn't say anything about oh, it wasn't an impressive win. He was just laughing his ass off. No doubt, he's a very funny individual. I just think uh, you know, speaking of not a convincing win, you know, Texas A&M playing LSU this week. You know, it was exactly what we ex- what I expected it to be. I just thought we were going to come out a little flat offensively. But you know what? The boys came out and did what they were supposed to do to win the game, and that's what mattered. Well, I, my only off thing was I figured they'd cover. But, uh, I mean, they came out flat. So you have a team that's been off for, what, at that point, three weeks. You've mm-hmm. got players that haven't practiced two of those three weeks. You've got uh, just the shittiest weather oh, for a football game. Oh, it was ridiculously <clears throat> awful. And, uh, and, and here's what I will say it is absolute facts. The offense looked like doo-doo early. Uh, I was a little discouraged that our game plan didn't change um, because, again, as the game goes on, the football is just – they soak up more and more water. And, and it was either run the ball or throw it deep. And I felt like we, we left a lot of intermediate play calling on the field, not not even like drop passes. Kellen was off. Kellen had a bad night, and that's okay. Yeah. So Kellen – and Kellen would be the first to tell you, like he had a crap night, and we still – we were we were up twenty to nothing, and they had like two hundred seventy yards of offense, something like that total, and like 70, 60, 70, 80 of them came on the last drive, you know, to score. Yeah. So I mean, you look at the defensive performance was phenomenal. Oh, I mean, you know, you want to talk about just like sustains improves. Obviously, both of us would say a sustain defense. Well done. No, I'll, I'll be more specific. Sustain defensive line. Line. Yes. Another sustain. Linebackers, yes, and then my third sustain would be the running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Nothing flashy, nothing great. Spiller's still doing what he does. He's just, I mean, honestly, it's it's fascinating to me that Spiller doesn't get more run, um, like nationally, right. what he's doing. Well, and I think, but yeah. but again, we're A and M's. We're not going to get it until yeah you know, we do something special. And Lord knows we got plenty of that from the broadcasting crew. Good Lord, yeah, yeah. You know, well, we're you know talking about this game. I mean, you would have thought we were playing the game on the Longhorn Network the way they were trying to spin it against us. It was ridiculous. Yeah, but, but I and, and what's funny is you look around and and going back to Funny Man, like he's hilarious, but he, sure, you know he's pretty knowledgeable too. Oh no, no. He looked at twenty seven and just started la- twenty to seven and just started laughing. Yeah, it wasn't that man that was closer than I thought it'd be. He actually watched the game, so he understands that yeah they scored garbage mop up time points again. And I just watched Billy uh, Billy Lucci on on Fine Bomb earlier. Yeah, you know some of these scores have been closer on paper than they were because you've got well, your last three or four opponents, three opponents that, uh, see, so since Florida, we've had what? South Carolina, well, we LSU, admit, well, you know, Mississippi, Mississippi State, and, and Arkansas. And Arkansas. So three of those four you've basically put away by the end of the third quarter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's window dressing points there. So then you just have to hope that the committee's you know, they're not just looking at scores. They at least look at the box score where you can look at the just, you know, first quarter, second quarter, third. Even if they're just looking at the box score and how it plays out. And I think I, I would I would like to give them enough credit to where they will at least look at, you know, what was the score heading into the fourth? You know, 20 to nothing, baby. Right. And, and not just this game, you know. Arkansas scores late, you know. What a was couple that? late, yeah. Like a, like a backdoor cover. Um, you know, South Carolina tried to pretty stuff up on the back end. So you you got a team that defensively is just playing, and even with a layoff, and that's that's what was impressive. And I understand that offensive rhythm uh, is, is something that you you just you, you can't maintain if you're not practicing, and I get that. But you've got Demarvin Leal, who was defensive lineman of the week. You've yeah. got Buddy, Buddy Johnson, Johnson, who was mm-hmm. the line or defensive player of the week. Yeah, right? player of the yeah, defensive week. player yeah. of the week. He had like nine tackles, something like that. One for a loss. He had an interception. He had a touchdown. Big six, baby. Yeah. So Buddy played great. Um, Hansford played great. I'm still thrilled about his transition from tight end. You know, I just I look at this team and you just look at the adaptation they had to make. And yeah, we did come into this game with a lot of factors going against us. And frankly, other teams of the past, other coaching of the past, we probably lay an egg in this game and don't do what we got to do. This is a game we lose or barely eke out late against just a completely shitty LSU team. Right. And, you know, this game, frankly, after we scored, was never really a game that was in doubt. I think there was no doubt after, um, you know, Spiller broke off his long touchdown run. I saw some weird stat earlier today. I I hope I quote this right. We haven't been behind since the third quarter of the Florida game. That's an interesting stat. I didn't know that. that, Well, no, we trailed to Arkansas early. They scored the first touchdown. Or maybe it was like second half. Yeah, no, at the end of a quarter. End of a we, quarter. we haven't ended a quarter behind in since a... the third quarter of the Florida game. Okay. And I'll have to double tap that, look it up. But but even if that's 90% accurate, that is an amazing stat. Well, and it really speaks to the uh, – well, it really speaks to the thought process of Texas A&M being like, we will not allow this to stand as it is. They're going to come back at you and show you what's up. Well, on both sides of the ball, you see the yeah. offense 
realizing the need to respond. Yes. You, uh, you see the defensive side of the ball, understanding that they have to shut things down. Because if you give up a touchdown, the worst thing you can do is give up a second touchdown, right? Right. So, you see, you know, you've seen the defense respond. And, um, and, and what I've really enjoyed watching is watching the secondary grow. And I get that they're probably not still where we'd like them to be. Mm-hmm. But, man, from, from game one, and, you know, you hate to use a fantasy game, but we played it. So you can look at their performance a little bit. You know, the secondary has grown. And, and, oh, to, and, and, and to oh. me, it's not just a secondary unit anymore. It's not just the defensive backs. It's the defensive back starting to play as more uh, as a bigger part of the defensive unit. Right. You know, they're not they're not separating themselves on the backside. Um, they're they're really starting to play as an extension of of the defense, and that's where you start to see defensive backs really excel. Is knowing that um, they can trust their own ability. Yeah. And they can trust you know the linebackers and and the defensive linemen to to back them up. And I think statistically, one thing I thought was really interesting about this game. Was we both ended with the same amount of yardage total on both sides of the ball, but um, you know obviously the important thing was we forced turnovers and really defense stepped up where they needed to step up and you know helped out the offense when they were struggling. Right. So here's your improve. You didn't well, score in the second half offensively. No. That so is obviously a, offense. It's a massive improve. And I think that goes towards not so much talent so much as it is game plan. I, I no, it's it, there's game plan in there. I think there's, you know, some time off, you know, kind of factors in there. You know, just the, the timing of the offense and everything. It's game plan. It's timing. Um, it, it just – and and there was – it was weird, and, and, and I'm, I may be way off on this, but I watched the game in the first half. We kind of came out and got after and The defense got after and the and the team offensively, defensively, you know, collectively gelled. And then the, the offense almost kind of went into a shell. It was like, all right, the defense has us. And look, I, and I get that because our defense is uh, it's insane how well they're playing. Right. However, you have to have that absolute killer mentality. And I don't think that's just on the offensive players. There's also offensive play calling that's involved in that. And so we talked about that. Like yeah. the, the ability of the improvement is also comes from the booth. Yes, it does. I think you look at we didn't really establish the run game, especially in the second half. Which, you know, where we absolutely should have grinded this game out and beat them up. And this goes back... We threw a lot more than we needed right. to. Right. It, it, it boils down to one of my favorite things. If you've been on my Twitter in a hot minute, you see my banner. Four letters response to throw... Was it, was it run the damn ball? That is so important for our game. And granted, trust me, that does not mean we don't need to throw it. 100% we have to have the you know, the throwing game. We have to have the passing game. It well, needs to be there. But running sets up the offense. The running sets up the offense for this team. You have three top-notch running backs. Uh, let them eat. Here's here's my take on it, though, and, and we'll we'll kind of finish up with this. Yeah. Well, at least I'll finish up with this and if you want to go any further. Sure. Um, I'm a firm believer that LSU threw everything at us that they possibly could. I think Ed Orgeron knows, despite winning a national championship last year, his fan base is not impressed with his garbage. No. Um, the team looks like absolute crap. I really wish that Marshall had opted out before the game. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. He was half their but, offense. Uh, but it's just, uh, you know, he had, to, he had to do everything he could to score a garbage touchdown to lose 20-7. to seven. And uh, yeah. look, would we have loved a 50-7? to seven? Absolutely. Yeah, sure. I would have loved better weather. So, um, so it just comes down to, I, 
look, I get that it wasn't the prettiest win in style points and all this other crap, but don't ever throw this convincing win at me if you're not going to look at the actual box score and realize that going to the fourth quarter, we were just kind of walking away with the game. Now, I would like to be in a little bit less of a shell offensively, but the game was ours. And, you know, I think this boils down to what what my thought was coming into this, actually coming out of this game, which is this was our game. We won it handily. This was the game it needed to be. It covered our, you know, for the fans, it covered the revenge factor from last season. It has further established that LSU does not dominate our thought process anymore. Yep. This is a team that no longer holds that air of doubt over our head. This is a team that we should not be scared of anymore. A&M did what they were supposed to do. They won the game. Sure, they didn't cover, but who gives a shit? Except for you poor f- bet money on it. <laughs> yeah, well, there's us. Uh, and I was just reminded of the fact that I should never bet on my own teams. And I, and I know better, and for some reason I did. Uh, but, you know, even that, I, I don't care about that. You know, never gamble with utility bill money. Um, yeah, I, just, I had, you know, don't, don't ever bet money that you don't expect to lose. Um, and I, so do, I, do, I do apologize for my F-bomb there. That's not normal for me. I've been drinking. <laughs> yeah. Um, but my, my biggest thing is, you know, we won handily. We probably didn't win convincingly, but again. Who cares? I do have three more games. And yeah. of those three, they're not going to be close. So um, real quick into Auburn. I yes. think they're trash. I don't think Bo Nix is good at all. I think. Our defensive line is going to be way too much for them. And and I don't really care what anybody tells me. Like, the line opened at four, which is laughable. By the time I got to it on my betting app, it was at seven. And so, yeah, so many people think that, that Auburn's going to win this game. And, and this goes back to what we were talking about last week. Yeah. It's not, it's not the players on the field that look at the logos. It's all the idiots that do all the metrics. Yeah, hey, you're so, talking about me like that. Come like, on did, I mean, did you... Well, no, no, no. Yeah, but you don't have a vote in things. Mm-mm. Like, you're not setting these numbers. No. And what I'm trying to say is, like, dude, did you not just watch the Iron Bowl? Right. I, I, the Iron Bowl could have been a 20 to 30 point larger margin. It could have been. Auburn's not good. Bo Nix isn't good. The only thing you have to worry about is Gus Malzahn because he'll just put a, pull a rabbit out of a hat. But, man, this this is not the year that this happens. It's, I, it's just it's not the year. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they don't match up with us anywhere. I will say with this year, in almost any other year, I would sit back and look at this Auburn game and say, oh, God, Miles On's going to pull it. This he, is the he, game. He, he's going to do something yep. goofy to us. But here's the thing. Auburn's coming off of a loss to their rival, and they're, they're going to have to play a game after their big loss to a rival for the first time ever. They and, really, they have, and they don't have anything to play they for. They have nothing to play for. They have nothing left. So if I'm A&M... I'm coming out with the thought process that I am going to dominate you from opening snap and we are going to beat the living hell out of you until you guys are done. This this is a game where you just line up and play big boy football. And, and we can and we should because this team is not good. Well, and, and I think we will. And don't get me wrong. like It's not like Auburn is, isn't talented. It's just uh, Auburn isn't good this year. And, and Bo Nix has shown us more this year about who he is than he did last year. Yeah. And all these... You know, little love fests and games here or there on national television are like, man, Bo Nix. Yeah, man, Bo Nix. He's just, he's not quite figuring it out. Still. 
Still, he still hasn't figured it out. I love that the matchup predictor on ESPN initially had us at like a thirty-seven percent, and it just keeps growing back our direction because they know. Well, that well, it, and then it tells you exactly what you need to know about ESPN predictors. Because you know what, Vegas opened up. I saw lines as low as four. Right now, we're at a seven-point yep, favorite. Seven. And, you, and you know what, ESPN doesn't answer to gamblers. No. You know what Vegas has to do? Pay their light bill. They have to pay for all the people cleaning all the carpets every two days. They know they what they're doing. You know, Vegas knows what they're doing, and if they set us as a favorite, and ESPN's like, yeah, you got like 46% chance to win this game, it's just yet further evidence that the people that do these metrics at ESPN are a big box of dumb. And not to mention, you know, one thing I will give Jimbo credit for more than anything is he has been a very, very good um, – he's done a very good job of covering – and, well, not necessarily covering the spread, but winning, covering. winning the games he's supposed to win. He's 23-4 and four against teams not ranked 1-2. and two. And you know Now, what? one of those four is Auburn. One of those four is Auburn. But you know what? It's going to be 24-4. and four. We're going... Or, no, gosh, maybe 25-4. and four. I don't know if I added LSU in there. Yeah, but we are going to win this game. We're, yes. We're going to go on the road, 11 o'clock in the morning, which I think is perfectly fine for oh. our team. Oh, when it's a road game, just get out of the way, baby. Get, Wake out, of, out, get out of the way. Kegs and eggs. Let's turn it on. And all their shakers and, and the actual eagle that flies around the stadium, which, yeah. by the way, is still one of the coolest things in the world. Oh, and it's fantastic. But um, let's go ahead and call what Auburn's going to be. They're going to come out flat. They're going to come out. Their stadium is not going to be anywhere close to capacity. They have nothing left to play for. They have nothing to play for. And we're going to go in there and beat them like a Cherokee drum. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. I cannot wait. Roll damn Aggies. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. It sounds like somebody been watching Fine Mob too much. No, All right. a little too much. So that brings us to the next topic, or our, our non-sports topic, right? You got anything else? No, I'm good on that. Uh, no more sports. No more Aggie football. No, we're good on Oh, I, I will, uh, I'll make a prediction real quick for this weekend. What do you got? I got one, my one bold prediction, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Kellen Mond responds and has uh, a quarterback rating north of 110. He's going to be 25 of 34 with, I want to say, three touchdown passes. Man, I was just using rating. You're crazy. No, um, he's going to have three TD passes minimum. Yeah, I'm going to go, like, quarterback rating north of 110. If I could get north of 150, then we are just – we're going to embarrass him. And, again, even though it's 11 a.m., at Auburn, win convincingly, right? We got it. Go win on the planes. Anyway, so from what I'm hearing, you had a plan – for the second half of this, I guess, whatever, second third of this thing. Well, yeah, again, like we talked about last week, let's not just talk about football. As um, much as we love football, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you got? So I want to talk about, I don't really, I mean, this isn't the name like I assign to it every year, but it's kind of just kind of what, it's called the Christmas Rush. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> so the Christmas Rush, it feels like. You know, as, as you move through November and you get closer to Thanksgiving, uh, you know, just time, time drags a little bit and, and, right. and you're trying to get through things. You know, the, the impending holiday season is, you know, it's, it's looming in, in the distance. And then you get to like Monday or Tuesday of Thanksgiving. We talked about how busy things were. No, oh, sure. And all of a sudden, like for me, you know, having a family and cooking here in the house, you're like, all right, well, you do this and I got to get everything together. I got to plan my meal. I got to figure out what I have, what I don't have. And, right. and then, so he kicked this meal and then we wake up Friday morning. It's our tradition is to put up Christmas the Friday morning after, you know, Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's what we uh, do. It was cold and wet outside. Uh, yeah. So outside decorations are still not up, but inside, you know, it's done. 
And then there's this weird rush between basically the Friday after Thanksgiving to Christmas Eve. It seems like it goes by like that. Oh, no doubt. I mean, just from my perspective, just having been in those shoes, just like you have, it feels like I just lose all productive value. I just don't want to put anything else towards anything I want that I have to do. Yeah, you're doing now on Christmas. You don't want to work, uh, but you got to work. You need to shop. You don't want to shop. Uh, then you like speaking of shopping, you're under the stress of like, you know, I want to get the right gifts from people. I want to really enjoy, you know, what I get them, and it, I don't want them to kiss my ass. But I, I love giving gifts. Like one of my favorite things on the planet is seeing the smile on people's faces when I give them a gift that I thought through. Do you know what my favorite thing to do is around about this time? Go back to my parents' house, sit down, and watch that Harry Potter marathon. That happens most years, <laughs> whether it's Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. Whatever it is, there just seems to be like those movie marathons that kick off this time of year, and I don't want to move from the couch. That happens. Yeah, no, you just want to get very sedentary. You want to eat like as soon as as soon as you get past Thanksgiving, you know, if you're a family that does Christmas cards or pictures, you got to get those done. You got to get them printed out. You got to get cards in the mail. You have address labels. Yeah, uh, you, you know, you've got to, uh, you know, Jonna would tell us we have to plan all this out. We should have planned it out six months ago. Thanks, Jonna. Um, yeah, thanks, Jonna. Um, but but it, this is the time where uh, you, you know, it, it feels like it, it's lovely because it's holiday season. Everybody likes the holidays. And, and, and I, I'm no different. I love the holidays. Me too. Um, and it, it just feels like there's this bullet train from the Friday after Thanksgiving to Christmas Eve to where you're not... Hey, you're trying to hold on for dear life. You got to buy gifts, and if you got family that's out of town or out of state, you got to get that sent out of town. You got to make sure that it's sent out in time to, you know, to get to their house in time for Christmas. You got to wrap it, and put it in your boxes because you're not going to buy crap from Amazon because you should totally buy local instead of Amazon. Always. Um, although local doesn't make like Xbox crap. I'm not buy. Look, I'm not in that. I'm not in the market to buy my cousins or excuse me, nieces and nephews. Certainly not my cousins. But my nieces and nephews, like they're not getting gaming systems for me. But you know, you, you've got to do all. It's all of a sudden you're thrust in this. You know what you want to get, and you look up how to order it and how to buy it and when you're going to get it. And all of a sudden you have to have some sort of, you know, like lead time. And you're you're doing all this planning. And oh, by the way, as soon as you get that, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday after Thanksgiving, you can start thinking about making Christmas cookies in bunches. Cause like you like your late, you, you like your neighbors, you don't love them. So you're like, I'll make them cookies and they'll be, it'll be like, then we're still cool. Like my dog can bark late at night and you can run your drone over my house and we'll just agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. But I brought you cookies. You brought me cookies. So we're still cool. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's such a fun season. I love the holidays. The holidays are packed full of stress. Oh, but one yeah. thing I'll say about this year that maybe should take the edge off a touch, and I'm not going to sit here and speak for everybody, and I'm certainly not going to sit here and lecture anybody, <laughs> but you may not be visiting as many family members as you normally do. Thank God. Because let's yeah, see, face it. Yeah, so <laughs> okay, so you're in the less stress mode. Yeah. yeah. See, that's, but you know, for, for some families... It, that's a that's a bigger stress is not being able to see your families you know during the holidays or or even just go spend two or three days for Christmas and and the one thing I found if I ever need to be lectured on anything ever in life mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, because at my age, my dad's not going to lecture me anymore unless I kind of press him into lecturing me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, but what about this, dad? But if I ever need to be lectured in life by people who know absolute dick about me, mm-hmm. just, no, just know nothing about me, they're not even lecturing me, but they're on a Twitter lecturing tirade. <sighs> I know I can always go to Twitter to feel bad about myself. So, Every day of my yeah, life, man. Yeah, so, so, so here is, is my holiday suggestion to y'all. Um, people are going to do what they're going to do, whether you approve of it or not. Mm-hmm. That's, that's your approval rating matters shit to what people think and feel. Um, get off your soapboxes over the holidays. Right. You don't have to support people doing things that you don't approve of, but you don't have to sit there and be like, you're a terrible human being and you're going to kill a lot of people. The holidays, yeah. holidays are an important part to a lot of people, uh, and and everybody has this like just pandemic exhaustion, all right. And we're all sick of everybody on social media. We're all sick of everybody. That's me. That's you. All of us. Mm-hmm. Each other. Others. It doesn't matter. We're just sick of it. Like if we're not tweeting about sports or tweeting about something like you know enjoyable that has nothing to do with anything serious, then more often than not, all I see is people either playing the gotcha game or uh, or people telling me how to live my life. Right. So here's how, how, how I kind of look at it. this this The Christmas rush, you know, from Friday after Thanksgiving on to Christmas Eve. It's already stressful enough. It's been made more stressful with the fact that, you know, a lot of people won't be traveling which is an emotional stress because they won't be able to see their family. And yeah, you can Zoom them or whatever, but there's, there, there's no Zoom call that will ever replace the warm embrace of a hug of your mom, your dad, your, your siblings. You know, it's, it, so, so please, all I'm going to say is, with all the Christmas rush, because you got to plan a little earlier this year, with all the Christmas rush, get off your effing soapbox and realize that you don't get to dictate anything. We don't get to dictate anything. And it's okay for people to do things that you don't like. And I'm super sorry that even in what's going on around here, maybe you don't tell people that they shouldn't do things when you don't know anything on the backstory. Like when I'm going to spend any time with my parents, because I go fishing with my dad, uh, or you know, maybe I decide to spend Christmas. Like what if I did spend 14 days in quarantine and they stayed at home mm-hmm. like so you, so just quit assuming shit because what's what's the rule when you assume you make an ass out of you and me brother all right so just get over yourself in the holiday season where people are already dealing with you know the holidays are going to be without some family you know the, the holidays where they're not going to be able to travel the holidays where they're stressed to have to get everything else done oh and by the way there's a lot of people small business owners that are struggling through the holidays. Amen. So please get over like your soapbox garbage and, and quit telling anyone how to do anything in life and how, and, and I get like, and I get it. I, and I, and I get your concern and it's this pearl clutching concern for others. But the problem is it, it, it you don't know what goes on with people so you can't say that, how dare you go do this? When I know somebody online that got attacked for going home for Thanksgiving in a family, and they all spent 10 days at home quarantined for 10 days, all right? 
And, it, and, if, and if that doesn't work for you, like nobody asked you. That's the catch. So it's the holiday season. And instead of being negative and shit-ass getting garbage, trying to put people on spots, how about you embrace the holidays, encourage proper behavior, and if people do crap that sucks, it, it that you've never we've never stopped that in the history of mankind. You're not going to stop it by being a dick on Twitter. You're not going to stop it by making some sort of just holier than thou post on Instagram. So just please realize that the holidays are a time for us in 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 this entire year of absolute dog shit that we've been through. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is like the the start point for the holiday season. Let us enjoy it. And if you have issues, like, take it up with people personally offline. Like, don't be the turd and don't think that you're better than anybody else. I'm super sorry you have a situation. And I'm super sorry that life's super hard for you. But you know what? Holiday season is one of the highest suicide seasons of the year. Highest alcoholism season of the year. Are you going to talk about, look, there, there are things that we, have to, that, that we need to deal with. And, and, but let's just help each other. Let's not be dicks to each other. We are at a point right now in our world with the way everything has gone on, that it's very clear that this is a time of year that a lot of people are, they they don't need it. They desperately need it. I mean, let's face it. I mean, you know, I'm sitting here having working, you know, every day. And I'll be honest, you know, as much as I've been working at, uh, you know, at Texas Media Foundry, and I love working with the guys I work with, and going out to play shows when I can, you know, it's a lot of fun and I enjoy the hell out of it. But at some point, you just there's that extra need that you have to have, you know. Social I, interaction. Social man. interaction, and you know, for me, part of my problem is I haven't had the greatest year in terms of a lot of different things. If we're going to go slightly personal, I've had some relationship issues this year. They haven't really quite worked out. So it's good to have that positive affirmation from the family because I necessarily, you know, I have not had a great year, and. Let's face it, most of y'all haven't either. And having been in this position, for as long as I've been in this position, being able to go home and spend time with my family over Thanksgiving was cathartic and wonderful. And I missed the hell out of it because I wasn't able to go last two years. My job that I did before this, I worked at Wayfair. And I didn't get to go home over Thanksgiving. I had to wake up bright and early on Black Friday and take all of your phone calls <laughs> because you guys couldn't figure out how to click a freaking button on the oh website. Boy. So not 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 any of you specifically, but just kind of the general you. But the whole thing was this year I was able to go home and just take a load off, and that was more worth it to me than anything. And honestly, having going back to New Mexico, which is mostly shut down thanks to the governor over there. There was nothing for us to do, but I was able to go home, spend time with the family, and that was good for my soul. That was good for my essence and something that, frankly, you as individuals, take advantage of it if you can because... Be there, safe about it. Well, yeah, be safe about it, but there's some memories you're going to lose. Like, you know, I'm going to get a little personal here. My grandmother just had a stroke this year, you know? She is not operating in the same brain capacity that she did before this. I'm not sure she ever will. And it absolutely was awful and terrible. But I had a chance to see her twice, and it wasn't quite the same experience as I'm used to. But those are special memories and things I'm never going to get back if I don't go and experience those. Granted, 
I was smart. I was six feet away from her in her house wearing a mask. But at the same time, I made it a point to go see them because guess what? There's some things that are bigger than this silly disease. Well, and I understand there's going to be a lot of, there'll probably be a bunch of backlash from our comments. And I get it. Like, yeah, I get it. I, dude, I get people are dying and I know it's terrible. And all I can do is control the bubble that I live in and how I operate and how the people that I interact with operate. You said most of y'all are having a crappy year. The only human being that's having a good effing 2020 is Jeff effing Bezos. Because all of y'all sit at home and just order shit off of Amazon. Every day. And and, and I've done a, a decent amount of it too. And I'm not really proud of it. We just, we keep pumping money into everything that we dislike. So it's just, it, it, it fascinates me that I need to be lectured by people who, first of all, I get to be the old guy. Like, like you're half my age. Please don't ever lecture me on anything ever. Like I went through anthrax in D.C., uh, I've been through a lot of really crappy things. Oh, sure. Um, and I'm not to say that this isn't crappy, but like, please don't ever lecture me on how to live my life, especially when I know what the guidelines have kind of been set out and, and, and what the science tells us and how to do things and be safe doing it. All right. I'm not going out to eat. I, I don't go do that stuff. Like, I, it, It's just... All I want is for everybody to take a step back and if nothing else, this holiday season, because we are... Literally, right the start of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as as we're recording this, it hasn't yet hit one December, right? So, you know, we you, you haven't even broken out your little chocolate candy advent calendar. Mm-hmm. But for the love of God, just have some compassion for the people around you. And there is something uh, that the physical interaction, even if it's like you said, like it's six feet, masks on, you know, uh, sanitized, staying away. That physical interaction fills your soul more than any Zoom call could ever hope to. So I just, I hope that, and again, we want everybody to be safe and do the right thing. Absolutely. But don't sacrifice, like, a Zoom call isn't this, I mean, I'm so sorry that you're young and it's so hard for you to go somewhere to visit somebody on the other side of the glass. Even that is better than a Zoom call. Drive, go see people on the other side of the glass. We have we are literally losing a year as humans, not yeah. Americans. It's a global thing. Yes, we're losing a year, and a lot of people are losing friends and family. All right, mm-hmm. and it's you, you don't have to go all have a, a big group hug and go out to Chili's and hey, I, no knocking against Chili's. I love Chili's. Love um, Chili's. <laughs> like you don't have to like go out and hang out at a buffet and. And just finger f everything and and eat just and just be gross like now that we're starting right. to realize how gross buffets are. Um, they always have been, but we love them. Anyway. Yeah, they're cheap. Yeah, they're cheap and I'm, cheap and I'm fat. Um, <laughs> You're but, fat. Yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm tall for my age. Yeah, but, but it's just it's one of those things where I again we talked about you know all of this has been about humanity. Take care of everybody to your left and right. Take care of your community. That also includes like don't ever get on a soapbox. And just generally tell people that they're terrible people or, or wrong for doing something in no. what is generally a terrible situation. And and don't ever assume that they're not doing the right things in order to facilitate these situations. So I, I we don't talk politics and I'm, and we got really close about this pandemic. So all I'm gonna say is look, the politics the the holidays are, are difficult for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. Right? There's no reason not to you know, not to understand that there's concern with traveling and visiting, but don't ever sit there 
and make somebody's holidays worse because you're lecturing them because they're doing the right thing, but you just didn't know. Like, it's, again, like, you're just passing judgment on someone you don't know what they've done, how they've done it. And the reality is that human interaction is one of the most basic functional parts of us like living through our lives. So, so again, enjoy the holidays. Don't make it harder on other people. I, you know, I, and, and I understand it, it's just everything's different and everything sucks. And I get that. I really do. Because it's really sucked for me, too. I love my family. I've missed it on some birthdays. I've missed it on holidays. But but if I choose to go do something, know that I'm going to do it the right way. And, and, and that's all we ask of anybody. You know, just, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to go have these, you know, if you're going to have any sort of, you know, traveling outside of your area and interaction with others, just do it the right way. But you can't ever deny somebody of that human interaction, especially at the family level. I'm not saying go to bars, man. I don't go to bars, but I'm not mad at people that do. Mm-hmm. But it's just, man, when he talks about the very basic level of family gathering, family love and cohesion, like, please get off your soapboxes and quit lecturing people, especially those that are wildly more experienced in life than you are. Well, and like I said, I'm, I'm in that similar boat. You know, I feel like there's a lot of things that I absolutely need to do, and whether, you know, pandemic or not. And not to mention, just from a from a monetary standpoint during this pandemic, I have to go to bars, but that's because I have to play shows. Um, and I will get into that a little bit here but in a minute. But you're not in the mosh pit. But I'm not in the mosh <laughs> pit. You know, I'm up on stage. I can, I can socially distance for the most part outside of my bandmates. But, you know, you know, Exactly. Just you know, be smart. Even then, if you really wanted to, yeah, you could. Yeah, if you wanted to, yeah. No, but you know, we say be careful, of course, you know, and take care of yourself, take care of people. And you know what? I'm, you know, we, we've talked about faith on this thing. You know what? Pray for people this, this time of year, man. It's tough. Because there's a lot of folks out there that are going to go through something difficult. They've lost family members in the last several months. They've lost jobs. They've lost livelihoods. They've lost very important things that they need. So by all means, you know, if you're concerned about somebody, reach out to them, give them a phone call, shoot them a text. But, you know, it's a difficult time of year. And just that little interaction can make all the difference in the world. You, all you have to do is send them a message say, hey, I was just thinking about you. I oh, hope you're buddy. doing well. Hmm. You know, and that's and that's all the difference. I mean, seriously, if somebody were to text me right now and tell me that, hey, Rob, I was just thinking about you. I hope you're well. You don't even have to say, hey, I'm praying for you. I just take say, the podcast. You know. You go, go into your phone, man. Go <laughs> into your phone. You know, it's like, by all means, reach out to me. I love that kind of crap. The holidays bring out the best and the worst in people. It does. And, and. This year, I really hope it brings out a hell of a lot more bad, you know, good than bad, and and I and I hate to phrase it this way, but I think a lot of us are starting to understand what it's like to go through the holiday season uh, with no one there and, and no one to go to. So it's right. You're starting to understand how tough it is, and uh, and it's just, I. All I'm going to say is, look, the holiday season. It is is awesome for so many reasons, and it is so hard for so many reasons for right. so many people. So, you know, the least you can do is just not be a dick. That's kind of what it comes <laughs> down to. Like, we, well, what we talked about a few weeks ago, be excellent to one, yeah, and one and another, the, party on. Well, I mean, as long as you're party socially distanced, right? Exactly. Yeah. Six feet apart, kids. Yeah, Come on. I can air guitar <laughs> from here into there. 
But it's, it's, yeah. it's just, again, I, I love the holidays. And if there were ever a year where we were about to really kind of go head first into a season where kindness and charity and hope and love and giving are at, at the foremost thought, good Lord, 2020 would be the year. We need it. So We all need it. So I'm going to, I, 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 I could probably go on for 40 minutes, but I'd say the same thing. All I'm going to say is remember this is a holiday season and no matter how tough you think it is for you, it's going to be tougher for others. Um, just, just be there for each other, be there for your friends. Um, think about, again, we talked about last week. I'm going to, I'll hammer this until it warms up. It, I don't care if we're a month past yeah. a month or two past Christmas and go through your closets, get blankets, get sweatshirts. You don't wear anymore. Jackets, baby. You know, uh, you know, if you can't give money, you can give a sweatshirt you had worn in a year and a half, get jackets, you know, get, uh, your old, uh, beanie caps. Just yeah. anything you don't wear. You know, remember it's getting cold uh, and there are people that, you know, we, we need, we talk about needing to, to go find a way to see our parents and grandparents. These people are talking about needing a way to stay warm and, and feed themselves. Right. So always remember there are people, no matter how bad you think you've got it, there are people that have it way worse. So just, you know, think, think of those around you, uh, this holiday season as we really kind of, let me start, I mean, tomorrow's December 1st. And if you're listening to this, then it probably is December 1st. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I wish you all the, the very happiest of holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, everything in the holiday season that uh, that, that brings you joy. Uh, just remember uh, that, uh, you know, we, we all understand how bad we've had it. And, and just, I, th- I think maybe it's been an eye-opener in 2020 that maybe there are a lot of people that deal with this every year, and this is just the first year that we're having to deal with it. Right, yeah, no, right. Doubt, no doubt about it. It's been a crazy year. And I'm not being like PC, bro. Yeah. Like, check your privilege, bro. No, like it's just we, as Americans, we generally take things for granted. We absolutely, and I I understand that. We've taken a lot for granted this year. Well, and the more you understand that, the better you are. And I'm not. Yeah, that isn't any sort of uh, specific message. It's just the fact that you know, if you can help, if you can give, anything you can do. It's a holiday season, and it's if there were ever a time to highlight Mm -hmm. your humanity. It's always a holiday season, right? And, right? and if you don't have any sort of religious beliefs, like, bro, Santa's watching. So how yeah. about you be nice? Because <laughs> otherwise right. he's not going to stuff his fat ass down the chimney this year. Yeah. So, so I want to ask oh, you. Oh, you know he's like yeah. extra fat ass. It's 2020. He's been sitting home and yeah, eating like we have. he's been nothing. God, so, nothing. Nothing. So what, what's new with, So what's new on your front personally? What do you got going on right now? Uh, well, Good Bull is, uh, well, the students left for Thanksgiving and didn't come back, so we're into the struggle bus Dead mode. Dadgummit. But we did put it on social media on Sunday night, and we'll be pumping it out. Uh, we are, look, 2020 is not going to stop us from doing our holiday hams. Hell yes, sir. Spiral cut, oak smoke, barbecue glazed, maple drizzled. Um, I, about four or five years ago, I realized that, uh, um, you know, I didn't want honey baked to take all the money. Right. So, and I tried to come up with my own recipe and turns out, uh, it's really good. That's good. So, uh, we'll be taking orders, check our social media. Yes, sir. Well, be sure to check out my band. So I'm playing with Carson Jeffrey this week. Uh, we've got, nice. we got two shows. We're playing up in uh, Lubbock Wednesday. So if you're one of our Lubbock listeners, all three of you, uh, be sure to come <laughs> up and watch us uh, in Lubbock Wednesday night. We're three gonna, seems high. 
Yeah, we're playing at uh, Cook's Garage up there. Be sure to check it out. And then we're going to be in Durant, Oklahoma Thursday. There's a hot chance I might be playing the show in College Station Friday if the other guy can't make it, but we will see. But we will, you know, if we'll play that by ear. Um, but yeah, we'd love to see you guys come out for any of those shows. Um, other than that, I'm pretty much good to go uh, at this point. Um, Dude, I, it's it's the beginning of the holiday season. I it love is. it. I love it. Spread charity. Spread goodwill. Uh, don't be weirded out if I show up knocking at your door singing carols. Right. Hell yeah. It, it, speaking of carols, let me know if you want to do something. Yeah, I know we're gonna do. It. We're gonna do it. Yep. Take care. Gig them. Be, be Bell at Auburn. Yes, sir. Have a good one.